Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week, taking care of yourselves, taking care of those around you, letting things go. Most things in life aren't violence or abuse, and if they are, speak up, walk away, set boundaries, you know the drill, but... Most of the things happening in our lives are just annoyances and frustrations, so we're letting it go. Someone cut you off in traffic? Let it go. Someone's running late for dinner? Let it go. The restaurant's out of your favorite meal? Let it go. Don't like the way someone spoke to you? Let it go. Dropping the bar. We're chilling out. Not letting ourselves get excited over things that are a level two or level three. Cranking things down. Allowing and letting go. Not letting our days get disrupted, you know? It's a choice. Mental health is a choice in many ways. It's about the perspective we choose to apply to situations, people, places, and things. It's also about our relationship to them, right? It's our perspective and our relationship, how we encounter and interact. And we're just trying to kind of uh, live in a softer way and focus more on our mental health, which means not taking on everything, not catastrophizing everything. We're getting better working with our, our minds, which means recognizing that our thoughts and our feelings are often biased and subjective and extreme and often just not rooted in reality. So we're really testing reality. And if we're in a relationship, we're turning to our partners to check in on them. I'm sorry. If we're in a relationship, we're using our partners to check in with them to understand what it is we might be perceiving. Yeah, turn to your partner. Hey, it seemed as though you were really checking out that other person. It made me kind of uncomfortable. Can we talk about what I think I saw? And if your partner's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't what was happening. I was noticing blah, blah, blah. Then you correct yourself and you say, got it. And then you step into living and thinking and feeling from the truth. We're not anymore living and acting from a misinterpretation of reality. And if you're in a relationship with someone, they're there or they're accessible and you ask them, is this what you meant? This is how I feel. This is what I think I saw. Is that accurate? We got to get better at doing reality testing with friends and family members. Hey, I never heard back from you. I'm telling myself that's because you're upset with me. Is that true? Don't assume that because you feel something or think something or see something a certain way that that is correct. Most of the time you are actually wrong. So we're holding our own perceptions lighter and we're doing what we call reality testing. And if it isn't related to someone we have access to, maybe again, someone cut you off in traffic. The question you're asking yourself is, what are alternative explanations and reasons as to why what happened happened? I can't assume that my interpretation is always correct because my interpretation is often biased, extreme, 
and not rooted in reality. It's rooted in my experience or what I would assume or what I would make up as to what, you know, was driving that. So we're asking other alternative options. And if we have a partner who did or said something, we're asking them, Hey, this is what it sounded like or felt like to me. Is that true? And when they correct reality and tell us what they meant, we believe them because if we can't believe our partners, when they tell us that we have a bigger problem, we are with someone we don't trust and feel safe with. You probably shouldn't then be with them. But if you're with someone healthy who you trust, let them influence your thinking by them telling you accurately what exactly it was that they meant and what they said. A lot of couples issues are because we dig our heels into our interpretation and our feelings that are tied to that. And we think that's the truth. And we never even ask our partners. We just decide for them what it meant. And that creates problems. And then we have to turn to them, let them weigh in on it. And then we have to adjust and correct our response based on the new reality that they brought in. That is vital. And we are horrible at working with our minds like that. We think if we think it and we feel it, then it's true. And again, if you learn nothing else from tonight's show, it's that our thinking is always biased. <laughs> we personalize everything. We crank it up and make it very extreme. And it's typically not rooted in reality. And that's why, again, we're always saying, what are alternative reasons or options as to why that other person did this thing? And if we have access to the person, we check in with them. I can't tell you how many storylines people have told me where, I, where I'm like, maybe. <laughs> They're like, they did this and this is what it meant and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, maybe. You know, that person was rude to me because blah, blah, blah. And I say, maybe, did you ask them? And they're floored by that idea that we can actually go to someone and say, what did you mean by that? Here's how I'm perceiving that. Is this real? Is this true? Is this accurate? No, it's not. Great. Thanks for letting me know. I will update my response, my thinking and my reaction as a result of you grounding me more in reality. And that's part of my job as a therapist with my patients is to often challenge them saying, hey, let's talk about other reasons why that, may, why that may have happened. Let's talk about the other possibilities that are just as reasonable, maybe more so as to why they didn't get back to you, why they didn't show up, why they made the face they made. Oh, that's your husband we're talking about? Why don't you reach out and ask him directly? <laughs> Let him tell you. And then we adjust, we correct. And again, we have a bigger problem if we're not open to our partner telling us reality and actually buying into it, then we shouldn't be with that person. Or we have to learn how to actually start to trust and go either direction. Uh, so uh, when we come back, we're actually gonna be moving on and talking about what to do if you can't afford therapy. Someone reached out, more than one person actually has reached out saying, if you can't afford therapy because of therapists not taking insurance or my insurance not you know, giving me more than 12 sessions, oh yeah, these horrible, horrible, abusive, oppressive insurance companies, which I think very little of, we pay them all of our money all the time, and then they tell us we can only get 12 sessions of therapy, that's three months worth. Are you kidding? And then they don't even often want to pay. It's a mess. We're going to talk about other alternatives. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, so we are back and we're talking about what to do when you can't afford therapy. Now... Um, first, we're going to talk about the therapy options before we get into what to do if you can't afford it at all. First thing I want to just call out is uh, due to COVID, a lot of therapists like myself have started offering teletherapy, meaning Skype and telephone, um, multiple technologies and platforms that are HIPAA compliant and all sorts of stuff, depending on what your needs are and your insurance company. Um, and a lot of insurance companies are covering it, although because insurance companies are abusive and oppressive and have literally no ethics and morals. Yep, that's right. I said what I said. Um, They don't care for the people that they are offering insurance to. They care about money. Capitalism at its worst, you know? And so they're going to make it as difficult as possible for you to get reimbursement or the therapist to get reimbursement. They're going to make it very difficult for you to get coverage for certain things that extend beyond these tiny, tiny, pathetic allotment of therapy sessions. Some say, yeah, you get 12. I'm sorry. This human being has been dealing with decades of trauma, addiction, mental health issues, and you think 12 quick sessions are going to help and heal and and undo all of that? That's disgusting. Um, And so a lot of clients, unfortunately, to get their needs met, can't rely upon these companies that are inherently there to help support and offer and provide that. So they have to find alternative ways of getting their needs met. We're going to talk about that. But before we get to the non-therapy ways of really providing therapy for yourself, let's talk about the things that exist. Um, Correct. Not everyone's going to have the resources or finances to work with someone in private practice. Private practice therapists have done a lot of education and training. They're still often paying off student loans. And if they're a good therapist, they're doing continued education, which costs money. So yeah, you have to pay for that. You have to pay for them. You have to pay them to read the books they're still reading. That is for the care they give you. So a lot of private practice therapists charge a certain fee because of the education or degrees they have. I've done two doctoral programs. I've published books that accounts for something. That's a knowledge base. You know, I'm one of 500 people certified as a true sex therapist. Most people aren't even certified. So again, that costs money. That costs upkeep to keep that licensing. Um, And every time a therapist reads a book on the weekend, the patients pay for that. They pay for this person to do their continued knowledge and education and remain an expert. That's in there. Um, Now, the problem is insurance companies, like I said, underpay if they pay at all, challenge, create obstacles that don't need to exist, like saying there's something wrong with some small minor detail that has nothing to do with treatment at all, um, often take months to reimburse, and sometimes just drop coverage. So it's a hot mess. So what's available? Private practice is available. Um, 
uh, academic student centers for those that are in school. There's also community resources such as places that take on interns and you can work with an intern who's working under someone's supervision and that always has a reduced fee. And there's also community behavioral health which takes insurance and also sometimes you can pay it out of pocket and that's also a lower fee. So those are options that do exist and a lot of therapists like myself do offer sliding scale spots. We only have a certain number. Often they're taken, there's a wait list, get on that wait list. But there are some things we can do in the meantime. The mental health system isn't perfect. It's not ideal. It has a lot of flaws. Therapists are also on the receiving end of that in a negative way. And we're doing the best we can to provide the services we want to provide. But we also have to get our needs met as well. And so we're all just doing the best we can. Like I said, I offer sliding scale spots. I try to accommodate people's financial needs. I offer telemedicine so that I can work with people that don't have the ability to get to my office. And for those that live outside of the state that a therapist is licensed in, some therapists are able to provide coaching, which isn't therapy because therapy can only be done in the state they're licensed, although there are some states that allow some other things to happen. But in general, you can then get coaching, which is going to look a lot like therapy. It's going to be a little more cognitive and behavioral, but that's another way to access it. Don't think you can only work with people local. Because like I said, you can work with someone who's in your state a few hours away for a different price point via telemedicine. And I think telemedicine has a lot of benefits that face-to-face -face doesn't. Face-to-face -face in the office has strengths and weaknesses. Telemedicine has strengths and weaknesses. It's different. I prefer telemedicine and that's all I'm offering at this point because for my mental and physical health, it's better for me to be working from home and that helps me do better work. And so that's better for my patients. But so think about that. It doesn't have to be someone you can literally drive to. You can find someone in the wealth of your gigantic state. And if you can't find someone that you want to work with or affordable in your state, maybe do coaching with someone who works in the mental health field out of state. Having said all that, like I said, look at local mental health centers. And uh, if you have insurance, maybe try to find someone on your panel, which can also be difficult. And there's not a lot of specialists often on insurance panels. So that's part of that as well. Um, but I just want to kind of call that out. Some people think they have to be able to just drive to their office. Like I said, California is a big state. Someone four hours away can work with me via telemedicine. And that's how it is in all states. And like I said, coaching if they're not in your state. So first, do think about those direct resources. Uh, we're going to talk about alternative ones that don't involve access to a therapist because for different reasons, not everyone can find the person or can afford it at all, or maybe does not have good insurance or insurance. Um, but first start with trying to. Uh, even private practice therapists that might not accept insurance, like myself, we do provide a super bill that people can submit to their insurance company on their own to work to get some reimbursement. So then that does cut down the fee because you'll get money reimbursed. And some insurance companies do full reimbursement depending on what the fee is. So you just have to do the legwork and it's your mental health. So it falls on you to do that legwork. No one's coming to save you. You know, dad isn't responsible anymore. Much like any area of your life, you have to take responsibility for your health. You have to seek out the right doctor for you. You have to, you have to figure all that out, you know? Um, but I want people to get their needs met. So we're gonna talk about alternatives or supplementary and complementary things you can also do because some of these collateral resources I think are great for those that are able to afford and get into therapy as well as those that aren't. Um, and we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got some DMs, drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any questions you got, topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, again, those go in the DMs on our Loveline IG page as you're helping yourself out with a question. You're helping out other people too and can't go wrong 
right? Can't go wrong like that. Um, and then past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Because as I say, every night it's all about unlearning and then relearning better, healthier perspectives. Because a lot of the ones we got out there in pop culture and pop psychology are crap and toxic as hell. Stick around, though. More to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about alternatives to therapy for those that can't access it, can't afford it. Uh, first thing is always, if you have health insurance, check your insurance first. Um, see what's available and what they offer. See how much they pay. See how many sessions they'll pay for because all that's going to be part of your plan. Um, maybe you see the therapist of your dreams for the 12 sessions they allow, and then you speak to that therapist ahead of time saying, listen, I want to work with you. I can only get 12 sessions through my insurance company. However, I'd love to continue working with you. Is there a way to work, get a sliding scale after, or can I see you maybe every other week? Can maybe we work together once a month? I mean, it really does depend on what the presenting issues are. And we can't always tell from the front end. If a client connects with me out of the blue and says, here's what's going on, how many sessions, I cannot answer that. There's no way of knowing how many sessions it will take to achieve a goal because new goals emerge. And because I can't assess this client's readiness for change, I can't assess from the door what other obstacles might be in play. I can't access, uh, access from the door whatever support networks they have access to. Like I have no sense. And I don't always even have it when we go in after a few sessions. Psychology isn't like medicine. It's not supposed to be. It's more of an existential philosophical process of working with our thinking and changing our life, changing our perspective, working on new behaviors. That's not as simple as, oh, here's where the filling is. I'm going to go in and remove it. It's going to take 30 minutes. It doesn't work like that. You know, mental health <laughs> is very different from standardized health in physical health. And the problem is a lot of people still think in terms of the medical model. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Here's the treatment. Here's how long it takes. But mental health cannot work like that because there's no such thing as just depression. Everyone has a different kind of depression caused by different things. And everyone has that depression occurring within a different structure and lifestyle. Also while dealing with different levels of trauma, also while having different coping mechanisms or lack thereof, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there can't be one way to treat quote unquote depression, which again is caused by and looks different for everyone as though it's the same thing. But we talk about these things like they're standardized. Oh, they're borderline. So we think we're all talking about the same person. No, it changes and, and matters with their other identities, resources, coping mechanism, levels of trauma, comorbid issues. What else might be going on? Are we talking about someone who's depressed and has a drug problem? Are we talk about someone who's depressed and has a history of trauma? Are we talking about someone who's depressed and unemployed and can't get their basic needs met? Those are very different people with different courses of treatment, with different lengths of time in treatment. But yet the insurance companies want to say 12 sessions for everyone depressed. That is absurd. And that's actually malpractice in my mind. So I will, I will never be a fan of the insurance companies. I think they're abusive. I think they're oppressive. And I think it's malpractice from the door because they're not client centered and they're not letting the therapist direct treatment. Uh, Barb on the other end of the phone at the insurance company is trying to direct treatment, not Dr. Chris Donahue, who's been doing this work for decades and is actually educated in the field and has met the actual client personally, right? See the problem there? Yeah, it's gross. So work with your insurance company to the best you can. 
again, you're asking them, how much do you cover reimburse if I'm, if I'm using someone out of network in private practice? How many sessions do you pay for? And what happens if you know the therapist, the actual expert determines I might need to extend treatment? Do you accommodate that? Or do you, Barb, random woman on the other end of the phone, just arbitrarily decide yay or nay if I can continue treatment beyond those 12 sessions? Like you want to understand who you're working with in, ter- in terms of your insurance company. It's a bummer. It's probably not going to go great. It's probably not going to go well because Barb and the insurance company don't really care. Um, then the second thing you can do is, like I said, really look around your local area, but also your entire state because of telemedicine, you can work with anyone in your entire state. You don't have to find someone who's just drivable. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we should be able to offer telemedicine forever and ever. Amen. I I think we should be able to offer it out of state as well. But again, that's state dependent. So what you want to do is when you talk to the therapist, you want to ask them about sliding scale options. Do you offer them? Do you have any available? Um, And is there any way to maybe do sessions less than weekly? I also said, saw in an article, someone talking about the possibility of shorter sessions. I don't think that that's that helpful. Maybe it could be for some. And when clients maybe say, can we meet every other week or once a month? It's hard because really good therapy is going to be weekly. Because think about it. You're trying to work on things once a week for 45 to 50 minutes. And then you go back out into the wider world for a full week and you're trying to practice and work with that. It needs a little more structure and attention than every other week or once a month, depending on the severity of the issue and also the, the lack of or whatever resource, resources and whatnot are available for this person. But even bigger than that, I work from an attachment-based style. I wanna really attach and get to know these clients on a deep psychic level. I can't do that if they're popping in every now and then. I have to reconnect and re-engage and re-meet them essentially. It takes the therapist many, many sessions to really connect and understand the total well-being psychology of this person. So I can't even get the traction going if I can't see them at least once a week for months. That's how I work. So I know for me personally, if someone says I can only work with you once a month, I usually say it's probably better that you find someone else that maybe you can afford and work with weekly or that can work in a way that accommodates that. But for me, as the human being I am and the kind of therapy I practice, it's not really ideal. It's not the best dosage. It's kind of like a medication. You need a certain dosage to really get the benefits. And for me, I don't think that's enough. All right, we're going to take a break, do some DMs, and we'll be back listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. Lots more to come. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I broke up with my ex about seven months ago. They immediately moved on, got with someone new, and now they're even engaged. I literally have to force myself not to look them up on social media. It's gotten worse lately for some reason. I broke up with them. I knew we weren't meant for each other, but I have this urge to constantly see what is happening. Is this normal? Um, It doesn't really matter if it's normal or not. That's what you're doing. That's where you're at. And whether I say it is or it isn't, what does that change? What does that matter? The better answer is stop doing it. Work really hard on not doing it. There's nothing there for you. Look, you have nothing else to look forward to. And so you're looking backwards. And so it's a sign that you have too much downtime and you have nothing ahead of you create something meaningful in your life. Part of getting over a breakup is refocusing on what what do we need to have in our own life that draws our attention to it. If you are working your same old boring job and you have no hobbies and you're not doing things with your friends and you're not trying to date, understandably, you're looking back at what your mind is telling you is the last comfortable, familiar thing, trying to suck a little more joy out of it. But there's nothing for you to learn 
by tracking what your ex is up to. It's none of your business, to be honest, and it's not gonna help you and it's gonna keep you stuck. So every time you wanna look or you are looking, say to yourself, I have too much downtime. Right now I should be doing something meaningful that enhances my life. What do I need to do? What should I be working on? Because I'm just laying here on the couch feeling bad about myself and depressing myself and making it worse by looking. Go do something. Obviously you're lonely or bored if you're looking. Go reach out and connect with someone. Go find a date or you're bored. Go do something. Step into some new thing. Again, part of a breakup is returning to the world, deciding who we want to be and creating something meaningful. If you have nothing interesting or nothing exciting or nothing to pull your attention towards it, of course, that's what you're going to do. We ruminate, but that's a sign again that right then in that moment, you should be doing something more or something better. Again, too much downtime, too much free space. So what you should be doing is learning how to be a relational partner. I never say, oh, you should learn how to be single. No, you shouldn't. Not if you don't want to be single. Don't learn how to be something you don't want to be. I'm not going to go learn how to be a chef. You should learn how to be a chef. I don't want to be a chef, so I don't want chef skills. I'm a relational being. I like relationship. We all do better in relationships. So let's work on being better relational selves. Get back out there and dating. What are you waiting for? Why are you not focusing your attention on reconnecting or rebuilding something with someone new? The length of time between our breakup has nothing to do with the health of the next relationship. That's determined by the people in it. So there's no such thing as dating too soon. There's no such thing. We love throwing that word out there. That's a personal thing we decide. Are we willing and stable enough to step back into a little bit of the chaos that early dating tends to be? And if the answer is yes, good. But if the answer is no, then focus on career and hobbies, friends, and family. Start a mental health process. Start journaling. Start reading a mental health book. Maybe start moving your body more and find joyful ways to move your body. Start socializing with your friends. Maybe get a new job. Maybe work on improving your skill set at your job. Maybe go back and get an education in something. But focus on yourself. What you're doing is obsessing and ruminating about the past. And that keeps you stuck and that keeps you trapped and that keeps you depressed. So discourage that. Knock that out. And like I said, when you feel the impulse to do so, remind yourself, I'm either bored or lonely and there's better ways to get my needs met and and find a way to do that and create a life that is worth being a part of and your mind won't be so available to drift backwards. And also work on gratitude. Be happy this person is happy and has moved on. That's what we should offer all of our exes. We're not meant to be together. We're not going to be together, but that doesn't mean they should be struggling and miserable. Good for them. That's a sign that love is existing for all of us and there's more to come and get back on that. You know, the ruminating thing never helps. And a lot of people do that. Our brains take us right back to that. But it makes us feel worse. So this is called working with yourself a little bit. This is a moment where you get to transform. But this is what we all need to do when we go through breakups. We've talked about it on the show. Go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down there for Love Line and click on it, and you can find those shows where we've talked about how to deal with breakups. I'm sure I'll be talking about it soon. It's an important topic to, you know, go back to. But we got more show for you. So um don't go anywhere, but uh, feel free to drop a question or a topic you got in the DMs on our Love Energy page. And uh, like I said, we are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out past episodes. Um, we got a lot of work to do. You know, we got a lot of learning to do because we don't have resources anywhere else. So like I said, it's all, I always say this on the show. It's about that repetition to really, really, really install these new ways of being and these new ways of thinking. So get on that. Um, like I said, we got a lot more show to come. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, because we got more to come. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. And uh, we're talking about what to do when you can't afford therapy. And 
Uh, I just opening the show complaining about how horrible insurance companies are and they really don't look out for your well-being and your mental health. They're just trying to make money and save money and cut corners and they throw up obstacles all over the place. They make it nearly impossible for therapists to get reimbursement. They delay payments. They underpay. Uh, check this out. If you have multiple clients uh, within a, a one specific insurance provider, if you called and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I have five clients I wanted to check in about, a lot of them have a cap and they'll say, we can only talk about three. And you're like, but wait a minute, I have five under your insurance. And they're like, yeah, you're going to have to hang up, get back in the queue to find out about you know the other two. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So you're waiting on the phone for hours. You have five clients to discuss. They'll only let you do three at a time. And after the three, you have to hang up, do it again. And then you have to wait for that check. And when it never comes or there's something wrong, you have to call back and do it again. What are we doing? What are we doing? Clients are paying money to their insurance companies. The insurance companies need to be more ethical and actually be accessible and, and, and pay. So, and then the clients are going through the same thing. And then they're telling them that they only have a limited number of therapy sessions. And they're telling them sometimes what can even only be done in those therapy sessions. They're telling them what kind of, you know, psycho psychotherapeutic interventions need to be done. Dear God in heaven, some random woman on the other end of the phone is making these mental health decisions and not the actual therapist who's treating the client. That is a problem. So I have no faith in insurance companies. Maybe some of you have had better experiences. Great. Go with that. But in my end, it's been a mess and shame on them. And clients should want to use our insurance. I get it. It just isn't reasonable based on how it's set up. So you have to advocate for yourselves with your insurance company and try to get better, better healthcare and better coverage. Um, so the first thing is, like we said, check your insurance company, see what's possible. Also, as I said, expand your reach and look out, look throughout your whole state because with telemedicine, you can work with someone hours and hours away. And that gives you a better chance to find a specialist, gives you a better chance to find someone you want to work with. It also gives you a better chance to find someone with a price point that maybe works for you. And then I said, if you can't find someone in your state, maybe consider coaching, which is what you can do with a therapist or another mental health professional in a different state. Some people aren't a fan of that. I don't care. I am. I think it's great work and I think you should take advantage of it however you can. Um, but it really depends what your needs are. Cause I'm really focusing the se these, uh, segments on individual therapy, but some people need day programs. Some people need inpatient, some people need detox. And so you're going to have to, again, check in on your insurance company. Uh, we also talked about asking the therapist if they have any sliding scale spots, which means a lot of therapists will set aside a certain number of spots where they'll offer a decreased rate. Now those go quick. And that's why I say to clients, don't wait until you're in a crisis to try to reach out and find a therapist because it takes time. So if you have a crisis, you're not going to necessarily get in within that week or the next week or even within the month. So try to get into therapy or find a therapist before you are in crisis. If you think that life is difficult, you think that you could benefit from therapy, don't wait until the last minute. We don't, we, we aren't able to work like that. Um, yeah, you can't call on a Monday and think you're going to get in that week or even on a Friday and get in the week after. There's a lot of people seeking mental health services, which is great, but you have to be a little more uh, thoughtful and proactive than that. Uh, what else can you do? Like I also said, you can work with some interns. Interns can be great. They're, they're still students working towards their hours. They're working under supervision. They're fresh. They're motivated. Yes, they're not as seasoned as someone like myself who's been doing this for over two decades with all these certifications, but that doesn't mean that they don't provide meaningful work. Um, I have an intern and he's providing awesome work and he's working under my supervision and he's well-trained. And so do consider that. 
And that can be done through college counseling services, where even if you don't go to that school, just living in the local area, you can go work with those interns. So find those intern training centers that all local areas have. And like I said, also look into some community behavioral health programs. Um, they're a great resource and they work with local neighborhoods. And so they're aware of cultural stuff, local neighborhood issues. Um, they often have psychiatrists on staff. It's a lot easier to get access to them because again, I'm talking about talk therapy, not psychiatry, but for those that need that, that would be built into a community resource center where private practice, you'd have to on your own, go find that. Um, I also talked about the online services. I think that that's something great. Now we also have this new thing where there's also apps. I'm on the fence about those where you can just text with a therapist. Could that go well? Sure. For some people, sure. Especially based on people with different abilities or disabilities and cognitive functioning. That could be great. Could be a great resource. Um, others want to actually see the person, want more consistency. I don't really know much about those texting services, so I can't really weigh in on the, you know, positives or negatives, um, they're still getting a little more common and more familiar. So I don't have a real strong opinion on those. I'd be thoughtful. Uh, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on them. If anyone out there has tried them, let me know. Um, yeah. All right. Coming up next, we can keep talking about what to do if you can't afford therapy. Now we're going to start talking a little bit about some of the things that are outside the realm of working with a practitioner, because there are some basic things you can do at home. So we'll talk about that and we'll be doing the DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions you got, topics you want us to hit, something maybe you want us to circle back and drop deeper into. And past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of great stuff over there. And that is one of the answers to what can we do if we can't afford therapy? Listen to podcasts like mine that are mental health centered. All right, stick around, yo. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, so we are back and we're talking about what to do if you can't afford therapy. We're talking about going to local community mental health services. We're talking about going to universities and working with interns or finding training centers, talking about some of those apps, talking about finding a therapist out of state and doing some coaching, finding a therapist hours away in state and doing telemedicine talking to therapists about sliding scales, calling your insurance company and finding out how many sessions they cover, how much they reimburse so that maybe you can work with someone who's private pay only and then you can submit your bill and get reimbursement from the insurance company. Um, what else can we talk about before we get into the non? Oh, I like this as well. There might be local online or in-person support groups where it's peer run or sometimes also run by an expert. I think it's great if there's an expert involved. Um, otherwise, we can be some of these peer run things can be a closed system and it really depends on the health of the people involved. That's why a lot of people complain size about 12 steps. Some of the groups, it's like, not by it's not they're not run by an expert and so they're using often some outdated research and information like calling addiction a disease we now know that that's not makes no sense and actually isn't accurate we've updated our understanding and information you know we know that marijuana is not a gateway drug it's actually medicinal for a lot of people and that trauma is the gateway drug so there's a lot of things and a lot of people want to know current research current neuroscience i get it and if you're working with just a peer run thing like i said it can be a closed system and whatever the health of the people in that group is, is the health of the total group. Or if it's run by an expert, they can help kind of shift and manage that. I miss running groups, um, really profound stuff. So look for local and online support groups. And also know there's different ones. If you're wanting to deal with stuff around drugs and alcohol, there's more than just 12 step. Um, 
there's moderation management, there's SOS, there's female-led groups, there's group for people of color that don't want a powerlessness model, um, other religious-inspired recovery programs that aren't tied to a belief in God or a higher power. Your needs will get met. You just have to do the legwork and the research. So that's out there. Now we get into the non expert run options and we're at a great time where technology is something that if we utilize it correctly can really benefit us in this area before we get into the technology i want to go old school remember these things called books think back remember a book can you picture it yeah a lot of us haven't seen or touched one in a long time maybe not even ever there might be a point where we some people have never seen or read a book books can help for instance, I'll tell some of my patients, read my book, not because I'm trying to get the, the money from it, but because it's it can be used like a workbook. All mental health books can be used like a workbook. I'll say to them, read my book and work with it, write all over it. Take note of the things that were meaningful and profound. Highlight or take note of the insights or the thought processes that you want to believe in and buy more into. Read those thoughts all the time. Go back and work with it. Leave yourself sticky notes, reminding yourself how you want to think or feel. Also note the things that made you anxious or scared you a little bit. That shows you where your work is. Work with these like workbooks. Learn about yourself. Try to figure out while reading this book where you're being called out. Oh my gosh, I do that. Oh my gosh, I want to stop doing that. Write it down. Work on and then write it out. We can work with ourselves. So use books as workbooks. Also start journaling in, 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 in uh, unison with maybe the book you're reading and using as a workbook where you're writing down perspectives you want to really internalize, things you're realizing you need to work on, dynamics that have been clarified, mantras that you want to hold on to, but also journal to track your thinking. Yes, this takes work, but y'all have no problem, you know, going to the gym every day for a few hours or cooking for a few hours or swiping around TikTok and social media for hours. It's okay to take 20 minutes away from some of that or more and sit down with a journal and write out, how am I doing? What do I need to have gratitude for today? What do I need to be working on today? Let me think back to who I've been today. What am I proud of? What am I not proud of? What do, how do I want this to be different tomorrow? How am I as a parent? How am I doing as a partner? What do I need to do more of or less of? Who do I want to be today? What do I want to examine today? Am I working on my anger? How's that gone today? Or you work with your thinking. What kind of thoughts have I had today? What, what, where have my cognitive distortions existed? Am I applying constantly a negative perspective on the world and on other people? Am I being a little too rigid and black and white in my thinking? Am I holding space for alternative options and possibilities as to why certain things are being said and done? Journaling is a great way to track yourself. But I want you to do it in a therapeutic way. I don't want you to just write you know, whatever's on your mind necessarily, but I want you to pay attention and track yourself. What, am I, what themes are coming up? What kind of fights am I constantly having with people in my life for my partner? What's my role in this? How can I approach this differently? Let me script out how I want to approach this conversation. Use your journal like a therapy session with a workbook or even just on your own. And there are some actual workbooks where they give you prompts and you fill in the blanks. Get one of those too maybe around a certain topic. But even a general mental health or self-improvement book can be used like a workbook. Again, I tell my clients to read my books and to highlight what they want, what they don't want, what they agree with, what scared them, where their work is, and you, you internalize that. Add a journal to that. You don't need a therapist to do that piece. And I have some clients doing that while also in therapy with me because they're only seeing me once a week. The whole rest of that week, which is the bulk of their life, when they're not with me, I want them to stay in the work. 
Think about it. You go to school, you do homework. Why do you do homework? To practice and reinforce. You get a workout plan from a trainer because you're working on strength and flexibility. You then have to go and actually do it a few times a week. Like everything else in life works like this. But with mental health, people somehow just want to sit in an office or in a session and they want it to just all be there. They don't want to actually have to leave and do anything. It's like you go to the dentist, but you still have to go home, floss, rinse, and brush. There's still something you have to do in, in, with this work. So we have to we have to stop being a, a little bit as lazy and as comfortable as we are and really step into some new processes. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other things you can do if you cannot afford therapy because there's a lot of resources out there. We're taking advantage of technology and we're not letting ourselves stay stuck. We're moving into our discomfort and we're doing the legwork. We're doing the research because our mental health matters. And they'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline AG page, questions, topics, whatever you want us to hit. Love to hear from you, but um, don't go anywhere because we got a whole bunch more to come. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, so we are back and we're finishing up our discussion of what to do when you can't afford therapy. Uh, mental health centers, training centers, sliding scales. Uh, calling your insurance company to find out how much reimbursement they do. We have these texting apps. Um, oh, there's also employee assistant programs that some employers offer. So talk to HR about what kind of mental health services might extend beyond your insurance. Uh, we talked about local online and face-to-face -face support groups for substance abuse, uh, mental health, um, eating disorders. So check into that as well. That can be a really great supplemental or even for some a really primary way to really focus on their mental health. And then I was just talking about the use of books and journaling. Start reading things because remember, a lot of mental health is changing our thinking and our perspective because we've really been internalizing what we were raised with, what culture gives us, and that's never rooted in mental health, what your friends are saying and doing. So you need to hear some voice that's challenging that or some voice that's laying out a different perspective or a different plan. You'll find that in books. Read them. Use them as workbooks. Track yourself in those books and then journal. What am I working on? How do I need to approach things differently? What kind of person or partner was I today? How do I want to be different tomorrow? What behaviors am I not proud of that I want to work on like start working with yourself be aware of yourself more um, but we have a lot of other things we have meditation apps right download a meditation on your app which is an which is a resource just in and of itself but it's also a reminder for you to practice settling yourself down and self soothing self-regulatory skills um, there's also specific mental health apps for different things like anxiety or depression, and they can, it's a little bit of some cognitive behavioral therapy, and it'll help you challenge your thinking and kind of correct your thinking. So, those exist. That's awesome. Um, also, podcasts. You know, podcasts are a really great resource for people to hear people talking about different ways of approaching things. Like I said, uh, corrections of assumptions and attitudes. Really great podcasts. Um, kind of like this one where we're constantly talking about tips and tricks and, and updating our thinking and ways to be better in the world. So you might not be able to afford therapy, but if you're, you know, like I said, working with a book and journaling, also listening to some important podcasts, again, following some mental health accounts on your social media, that's pretty good already. You're really, really, really surrounding yourself with different resources that are going to help transform you into the kind of person you want to be. And that's what we need more of. Just moving through the day as is, seeing your friends, going to restaurants, watching television, that isn't enhancing your mental health. It's actually eroding at and working against because of what you're seeing, what you're thinking, what you're hearing, what's being reinforced. So 
also pay attention to your friends. What are your friends saying and doing? Is it therapeutic? Is it helping? Is it making you feel better or making you feel worse? Try to influence, try to change the conversations, try to make a commitment that we're going to talk and be better, or maybe you have to find healthier friends mentally. Um, so remember, anything you immerse your, yourself in is going to have an impact. The books, the television shows, the podcasts, the things on your social media. For those that are religious or spiritual, maybe talk to someone um, that's in one of those programs or enter one. Work on a spiritual practice. Very vital, very helpful. That has been vital for me, for my mental health, being part of a spiritual practice having a spiritual practice, reading spiritually driven materials that remind us of purpose and meaning. It's very existential, it's very philosophical, but so is mental health. So all of these resources, you can take, you can take advantage of all of them. You can go to therapy, you can also be a part of a support group, you can also be listening to mental health podcasts while also reading things and journaling. You'll be better for it because the quality of our life is rooted in the quality of our practice. You improve your practice, you improve your life. They go hand in hand. They're aligned in parallel. They're intersecting. And then you'll be a better partner, a better family member, a better friend. Everyone benefits. But please don't think just because I can't afford the therapist I want that I have no options. You can, you can go statewide. You can go outside of state. And like I said, there's little things you can do at home that have big impacts. You don't have to be spending a lot of money, but if you have the money, invest it in a good therapist. See that therapist twice a week if you can afford it. This is your mental health. It impacts everything. That's everything, it has a triple down, a trickle down effect on everything. If your mental health is not great, you're not gonna be a good worker. If your mental health is not great, you're not gonna be a good parent. If your mental health is great, not great, you're not gonna be a good partner or friend. We can't sidestep or ignore that part. That is central. That is vital. So when someone's saying I'm spending a lot of money on therapy, I'm like, great, that's what you should be spending your money on. Not on Starbucks coffee, not on another streaming service. Those things don't improve the quality of your life. Mental health is woven into literally everything. So prioritize it in some way. Um, add some of these additional pieces to your, your process. Some people have no mental health process. I know it's very LA-centered of a comment, that's where I live, go with it. Again, I'm always complaining about how I see people that have no problem hiking, yoga, stretching, and going to the gym in the course of a day. But when I say, what are you doing to work on your mental health? They're like, oh, nothing, I don't have the time. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Maybe put down the dumbbells and pick up a book. Maybe take a gym session away and go to therapy that day or do some of the things we're talking about. You matter more than just your physical. Your physical has nothing to do with the quality of your life. It's ego. Like, let's work on our mental health more, you know? All right, coming up next, we're going to do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Um, yeah, coming up next, DMs, though. We're going to help you and help other people. So stick around for that. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Rachel, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I recently started talking to this girl. <laughs> I've known her for about four years, but we had very little contact. Mostly just Instagram back and forth. See, I love Instagram for things like that. You can meet people around the world. You never know. Now we've started talking and it's like we've known each other for years. Well, you have four of them, you said. <laughs> You've known her for four years, so yeah. Pro- the problem is, this is the problem with online dating and apps. The problem is that she's 2,000 miles away. That's far. I know it seems insane, but can you really fall in love with someone over the phone? Sure, you can fall in love with someone by looking at them once. Look, there's no rules to love. Your brain and body don't care about social norms and values. Children can fall in love. We all have the capacity to fall in love at all different times of our lives. No one can tell you what's real love and what's not real love. It doesn't work like that. It's a different experience for all of us. Sure, of course you can. People mourn the loss of someone they've never met. They, they mourn the loss of celebrities and sports figures because they've spent a lot of time with them in their head. And we build these literal or fantastical relationships. But your brain doesn't know the difference. It just knows that you've a that you spend a lot of time with them, theoretically or literally. Your brain and nerve and nervous system don't follow rules. They don't care about all these odd things we throw in the way, like age gap relationships. They're too old for you. Your, your brain and body don't care about that. It doesn't live in that world. So sure, if that's just your question, yeah, you could absolutely fall in love with someone. You've been talking to her for four months, you said. You've looked at photos. You have a fa- you're projecting. There's fantasy. There's also some reality because you've spoken a little bit. That's all it takes to really form love. So yes, let's go to a different question. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, what is one thing that couples go to therapy for the most? Or top three issues that they want to discuss with you? I'm wondering if the issue that me and my husband are having is common or if it's just something he and I need to work on alone. But again, why does that matter? If you and him have an issue, go to therapy and work on it. You don't 
<laughs> there's no wrong reason to go to therapy and you don't have to only go if it's within the top three most sought out issues. That's the worst reason to go or not go. Go because you want to go. I love the patients in my practice. They come in to work on all sorts of stuff. Someone come in and say, I don't even know what I want to work on. I just want to connect with a mental health practitioner and talk through my life. I'm like, great. Other people have very targeted things. Often the goals change as we unpack and dig around and stuff. So there's no right or wrong reason ever. So whatever your reason is, go for it. Having said that, the main reason is most people come in literally or indirectly somehow saying, am I normal? I want to be normal. I want to be liked. I want to feel desirable. And, I, and a lot of the work is authenticity and liberation, that there is no normal. Normal is not the goal. The, the, the goal is to just be more confident in who you are authentically. Good mental health therapy is making you authentically you. We're not making you conform. We're not making you assimilate. We're not trying to squeeze you into diagnostic boxes. We're not trying to make you normal. We're trying to make you confident in you being you and all the beautiful, creative, diverse, queer ways that you exist. Um, so that's number one issue. Am I normal? The other ones fall under, I just want to be happy. I want to find purpose and meaning in my life or I'm not happy with what's going on and there's no purpose and meaning in my relationship or my work. So there's a lot of that identity and their role in life. But then with couples, high conflict, high conflict is a major one. So is low to no sex drive or sexuality was never there or it's drifted. Um, those are the, those are the big ones. And then after that is some of the, uh, trust and infidelity stuff. So if you fall in all that, cool. And if you don't, cool. If you fall in all that, get into therapy. And if you don't fall into that, still get into therapy. I think my favorite patients are the ones where they're there for these diverse queer reasons that aren't standard. And, uh, you know, I'm a resource for whatever they bring in. Not every therapist is going to be right for you. So you do want to check their credentialing and training. Um, but because not everyone's really healthy enough as a therapist to work with sexuality and gender. Some of them will pathologize creative different things. And some of them will use these made up terms like sex addiction and love addiction. So be very thoughtful. If it's around sex or relationships, I'd see a certified sex therapist, a CST, and that's through ASECT. Um, but outside of that, yeah, just check in on the therapist. Are you comfortable and willing to work with this topic? What's your experience in working with this topic? Uh, do you have any training or supervision around this topic? Um, actually, in the back of my book, Rebel Love, I give you the 10 points if you're looking for a healthy sex positive therapist. So get my book, Rebel Love, and it's in the back, the you know signs of a sex positive therapist. So if it's sex based, look for that one. That's a great question though, you know. but I would say just get in there no matter what. It seems like there's something you wanna work on. Something's on your mind and your relationship will be better for it. So will you. All right, y'all, I've got a DM for us. Drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into. Past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for Loveline and click on it. Y'all, thanks for hanging out with me. Be kind to yourselves and those around you. As always, have a good rest of your night and uh, join me tomorrow. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 